Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Now, I know that 2020 is still a long way to be planning a trip, but when it comes to the passion play in Oberammergau, Germany, it's best not to leave the planning for the last minute. So, a bit later in our podcast, we're going to talk with Trafalgar Canada, who have a number of tours you can take that includes a stop to see the passion play in Oberammergau. Plus, we'll also learn about a cruise company that specializes in those small ship adventure cruises called Uncruise. But first, with all those new ultra-low-cost air carriers out there, the question is, do you really save money once you add in all those extra fees? Well, joining us now to talk about what to know before booking a low-cost flight is travel writer Kaylee Aline. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, uh, thanks for doing this. You're going to give us some advice on low-cost air carriers, uh, tips. I've never flown on one. Like, we've got some new ones out, Swoop, of course, that we've heard of a lot, uh, Flare, and then soon, uh, coming soon to an air uh, airport near you, uh, Canada Jetlines. So is there really much of a difference flying on a low-cost carrier versus uh, one of the regular airlines? There is. You know, I lived in Europe for a little bit while I was in school, and I was taking you know, the EasyJet and Ryanair. And what you're really looking for for those is that base fare. So you're getting a huge savings, but, you know, it's for that savvy traveler who's maybe doing a weekend away or short trips or packing less and really trying to cut their costs. Whereas if you're flying, you know, a non-ultra-low-cost carrier, you might get a little bit more amenities of those food, the luggage, you know, the service, but, you know, you're really kind of finding that difference based on that. And Well, and the whole idea of the ultra-low-cost carriers is that you pay the base fare and then you pay extra for everything. <laughs> I mean everything. <laughs> Maybe you can run down some of the things that, you know, you might get uh, nickel and dime to death if you're not aware of. Yeah. So with, let's take Swoop, for example. They have some great fares, like flying from Edmonton to Abbotsford, B.C. That starts at $9. They's all, they have also just launched all their U.S. fares, which are one-way, starting at $99 to go anywhere from Las Vegas, Mesa, Arizona, to Florida. You know, there's some really great destinations. But what you're paying for is your seat and your carry-on. And your carry-on is about a backpack size, anything that can fit underneath the seat in front of you. But your added cost will be your extra baggage, so that's any overhead baggage, uh, checked-in baggage, if you want some seat choices, so there's some extra legroom ones you can pick from, if you want priority boarding, any of that kind of thing. They've also launched this new program called ModiFly, which is really cool. So if you're a business traveler, or let's say you're doing a Las Vegas weekend with friends and you want to extend it, you're paying around... 11 anywhere between 10 to 11 dollars for this Modi fly where you can change your destination your um, trip booking up to 24 hours in advance so what you're doing is you're saving on that 200 trip booking fee that you might get with a normal carrier but you're you know finding out in different ways so i think when you're coming to a low-cost carrier where you're really looking at how you're packing where you're going and kind of choosing your own ticket price based on that mm-hmm. have you ever done any uh, price comparisons like uh comparing after you've added up, you know, your checked bag, if you have one, or <laughs> if you have a carry-on bag, you got to pay for that. So you know, I think that's one thing to be aware of. And if you do the, you know, the seat assignments and, and all those other things, have you ever done that? Yeah. You know, I think it's just kind of the, the thing is your prices are going to really change whether you're pre-booking online or at the gate. There is a discrepancy there where you're actually saving quite a bit if you were booking online in advance. Um, and you're still kind of getting out to, let's say you're flying 
all the way from BC to Ontario, you're looking at, you know, just under three, four hundred if you're getting a really good deal. And sometimes flying, you know, the larger airlines, you're looking at five, six hundred. So I think it really kind of depends how much you're packing and how you're packing. Perhaps maybe if you're traveling with a family, you might want to put all your stuff in one bag instead of checking two separate bags. So you're really rethinking the way you're traveling with these low-cost airlines. Mm-hmm. And well, and the other thing, too, you got to remember is uh, if you want to go to Toronto, for example, the low-cost carriers will get you to Hamilton, and then you got to go to Toronto. <laughs> you got to find your exactly. destination. So you got to tack on that price as well. And same, uh, you know, flying out of, out of BC, and you're flying out of Abbotsford instead of Vancouver. So that might uh, be an extra cost to get to Abbotsford, right? Yeah, and I think when it comes to that kind of travel, you know, this is definitely for the savvier traveler or someone who's renting a car. But what I actually prefer with these kind of, you know, periphery airports almost is you're really getting to see a destination you might not usually. Abbotsford has an amazing farm community that you might skip over if you're just doing a trip to Vancouver. And same with Hamilton. They've got a burgeoning restaurant community of really young creatives and some cool things to do. So if you have a little bit of extra time to tack on to your trip, it's a great option. If you're a little bit rushed, you might want to look into your cost saving or your time saving initiatives. But I even know traveling in Europe, when I was flying to Milan, there was the downtown airport, and then there was the one that EasyJet and Ryanair flew out of. So you are adding, you know, maybe a half an hour to hour to transport into the city. But the amount I saved flying from Switzerland to Milan that way, it was definitely well worth it. And that's mm-hmm. the same way we look at traveling through Canada. Yeah, well, and do the math, and if it works out for you, I guess, then all the more power to you, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely for the traveler who's willing to put in a little bit more time to figure out their cost beforehand. I think if you're kind of just clicking and going, you might get hit with a lot of extra charges and then you're, you might want to think about how, if you should bring that extra pair of pants or all the shoes or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Kaylee Aline is a travel writer. Uh, the website is travelanddesign.ca. Uh, thanks for your insight, Kaylee. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So if you're kind of like me and like being in the outdoors and enjoy everything nature has to offer, but also like the luxury of coming back to a cozy room and enjoying all the benefits of a luxury cruise ship, then UnCruise just might be what you're looking for as they specialize in those small ship adventure cruises. So to tell us more about UnCruise and what it's all about is owner and CEO Dan Blanchard. He joins us now. Hi, Dan. Randy, good to be with you today. Uh, give me some background first on UnCruise, uh, a different kind of a name. How, does it, how did you come up with the name UnCruise to start with? Well, you know, it's it's really interesting. It is a different name, and people either like it or hate it. We find that the uh, our guests love it because they get it. Uh, we find that the industry, well, not as maybe not as hot on it. But essentially, you know, we did uh, we made a major shift in our product line uh, around two thousand nine ten. And uh, we had a lot of travel writers on board and, and industry folks kind of on some experimental trips. Uh, and uh, it was actually one of those uh, folks that coined the term uncruise. And we just kind of peppered our information with it and over time and, and then made a, a pull the switch a couple years later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we really are, as the name says, kind of the antithesis of the typical large ship uh, experience. Nice. So, plus the uncruise. Uh, I noticed on your website since 1996, so you've been around for uh, a couple of decades now. So I guess you've probably ironed out the kinks and 
and uh, you know, I've, moved, I've uh, sort of evolved, is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, and and I've probably got a few kinks myself. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got older, I can't believe we've been around for 22 years. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it, uh, anytime you're doing uh, an adventure product, and and it's safe to say that we're really more related to the adventure travel end of travel mm-hmm. uh, than we are to the cruise ship end. Really, for us, the the cruise or the vessel is just the tool that allows us to take off and do what we do. Uh, it's not the, the actual purpose of the trip. The purpose of the trip is to get people out in the wilds of nature and, and have a much more meaningful experience with with all the outdoors and wildlife than, say, on a larger ship. I I like to say, you know, back in the, uh, the 90s when I was working in the small ship industry, it was real common that people would stand up on the bow with a cocktail in their hand and and look at the glacier and be really happy. And that that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But you and me, uh, presuming your age, but uh, the, I think this next generation of travelers, essentially the baby boomers and younger, uh, we're not satisfied with just looking at it. We need to feel the cold of the glacier on our face, and, and we need to touch the ice. And So it's uh, we've really recognized that there's a, a huge expansion in the adventure travel end, and that's really more what we do as uncruise adventures than actually cruising. Mm-hmm. And you do go to a number of different destinations, again, looking on your website, uncruise.com. But I wanted to focus a little bit on Alaska. We're right in the middle of a, the Alaska cruise season. So tell me uh, how the Alaska season's going so far for you, and what are your some of your more popular itineraries for Alaska? Well, we have a uh, Alaska's going really well. Um, we have seven of our eight ships up there, and uh, Alaska's our our home. I live in Juneau, Alaska, and meet and greet the guests every time I can. And uh, but we're, uh, as you may know, the Alaska market's very hot. We're expecting in total uh, about 2.2 million guests to Alaska this year, of which about 1.3 will come on cruise ships. Um, so we're someplace in that above 1.3. But we're running quite full, and uh, our adventures are, are just being executed in a great way. We're seeing a lot of whales this year, um, and we've actually had some extraordinary weather. We had three weeks of pure sunshine, which only happens about every 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're all kind of like, okay, give us our rain back here pretty soon. We're getting a little dried out. But uh, I mean that tongue-in-cheek, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, popular itineraries are for our clients are really those that offer the most adventure. So that that can be our uh, our fjords tours that go between Ketchikan and Juneau. Uh, is a very, very popular trip. Um, we do that in both uh, seven and 14 nights that go all the way to Sitka, Alaska. Of course, Glacier Bay National Park is always a big hit. Uh, we are the largest. We carry more permits than any company in existence for Glacier Bay. We have more permit days. So um, we, we visit Glacier Bay a lot. In fact, I'm, I'm going to be headed up on September 2nd for a trip myself into Glacier Bay. Nice. Uh, now tell me about the shipboards. The ships themselves, I think you mentioned you have eight ships. So do you reroute them to your different destinations once the Alaska season is over? And just tell me about uh, the onboard experience in general. Yeah, Randy, that's very true. Um, we have uh, destinations in Costa Rica, Panama, Hawaii, Mexico, and of course the Galapagos. So the boats tend to migrate most of them south during the winter months, and even do like the Columbian Snake River um, between Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and the Pacific Northwest with you know, Canada. And we actually. 
go right by Vancouver on that trip all the time, where, of course, uh, Northwest folks are real familiar with your other outlets in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But the uh, uh, So there is that opportunity for the boats to, to head south during the winter. Uh, the actual vessels themselves are, uh, you know, they're small ships. Uh, they, the very smallest is basically a charter yacht of 22 passengers. And that boat's uh, been with us since the very beginning and uh, the Safari Quest. So that's our smallest, most intimate experience. But most of our boats range in the 60 to 80 passengers. We've always found that about 90 passengers is the most we can take um, and really pull off an adventure product uh, in the in the wilderness. We uh, actually reduced a number of our boats down from a little over 100 passengers down to, to 90, 85 in order to be able to pull it off. It was just a little too much to try to do it with larger groups. Mm-hmm. So the you know the vessels themselves are uh, very comfortable. Um, all the wine and alcohol is included as part of the trip. There are no extra costs for shore excursions. Everything's included. So you're not like on some of these small big ships where you actually buy a uh, a kayaking program that you might be in for two kayaks during the entire two weeks. Mm-hmm. This is all included, and in, you know they'll do two to three different activities a day. So it's 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 really for the person that just loves the outdoors but wants to come back each night to a really comfortable bed, quiet situation, high social value and all that. So it's it's really for that person that just has a, a true love for the outdoors. So now what's included with an uncruise? You mentioned that um, it's basically an all-inclusive uh, cruise, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it's it's what's not included. It's yeah. easier to describe, which is really, you know, your airfare and uh, gratuities and everything else uh, is is included in the trip. Um, uh, well, there are some port fees, excuse me. Uh, we, we, like everybody, are pretty heavily taxed. That's a separate item. But the uh, uh, all the onboard stuff, all the shore excursions, food, uh, high-end uh, beverages are all included as, as part of the trip, and there's no limit on any of that. Are they all outside cabins? Every cabin have a window? Yeah, yeah, every cabin has a window. Um, they're... Uh, and we have uh, a number of boats that have balconies as well. Um, uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's not like an all-balcony cruise ship type thing, but uh, we definitely have some upper-end cabins that have balconies and suites and this type of thing. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, it's for active uh, people, but there's no age limit, is there? No, in fact, that's, that, thank you for bringing that up, because uh, as you know, really since 2001, the multi-generational travel has mm-hmm. been just a, Huge, huge thing. And uh, so what we see, in fact, we, we have a family of 14 on board one of our boats that I just uh, boarded here last Saturday. And they, uh, you know, the, the grandparents are 80 and 87. The kids are in their 30s and 40s. And uh, and the grandkids are along. So the grandparents are going on skiff rides and strolls <laughs> on the beach. And uh, the kids that are, you know, now 40s, I guess 40s and 50s, really, um, you know, they're the type that love to get out in the kayaks, and the kids have their play, things they can do as well. So it's, it's really ideal for that multi-generational family that mm-hmm. has a lot of varying abilities in the wilderness. Uh, we only have a few seconds. Is there anything I missed that you might want to add? It's fun. <laughs> I mean, that, most of our guests leave saying, it's the fun cruise. And, uh, you know, they put the F in front of the N, and uh, and I think that's because of social connection, mm-hmm. and people just have a ball. 
Well, that's good. Uncruise Adventures. The website is uncruise.com. Uh, Dan Blanchard is owner and CEO of Uncruise Adventures. Uh, appreciate your time, Dan. Thank you. All right, Randy. Take care. Well, every 10 years, the town of Oberammergau, Germany, puts on their world-renowned passion play, and they've been doing it for centuries. The next time you can see it will be May through October of 2020. And I know it's still a few years away, but it's one of those things you don't want to wait for the last minute to plan for. And the folks at Trafalgar Canada have a number of tours you can take that include the passion play in Oberammergau. So joining us now to tell us more about it is Anita Emilio. She's the Vice President of Sales for Trafalgar Canada. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this brief history lesson on the Oberammergau Passion Play. First of all, did I pronounce Oberammergau properly? You did. (laughs) I've been practicing. So give us a bit of a history lesson on what the Oberammergau Passion Play is really all about. Well, it's, you know, it's it has great historical and cultural significance to the town of Oberammergau. So it is a place, and it's a small town in Bavaria, and it, uh, they come together once every 10 years to fulfill a promise that they made um, back in 1634. So it uh, really uh, shows a true commitment in uh, seeing something through. And it's the pledge that they made that they would honor the, uh, the, the passion play and, and put on the passion play um, because they were delivered from the, gla- the great plague. So they uh, once every ten years uh, they have the uh, have the play and it's the entire town uh, becomes involved. So all the players in the play are actually people from the local area. Oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it runs for quite a few months, right? It's not just a, you know a week long <laughs> event going on here. It runs pretty much uh, throughout the whole summer into the fall, right? Yeah, from May right through to October. And this is in 2020, and I know people are thinking, wow, that's a long way off. I don't really have to plan for it now. But it's one of those events that that really does, you really do have to sort of take two or three years out and and plan for it, don't you? Well, you do. And, you know, for for Trafalgar, we sell into our trips globally. And the the town does uh, uh, give tickets. And, you know, we're very fortunate to have a great relationship um, and we do get a great uh, amount of tickets, um, but they do, once they're gone, they're gone. It's not like something where you can turn up and, and hope to get a seat. Uh, they do sell out well in advance. We're already at uh, 50% of our departures are considered definite, meaning that they have enough people traveling on them already that we know that they're going to go. So, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're, we're so far out. And because we're selling it globally, we want to make sure that Canadians who typically book a little bit more last minute than the rest of the world, that they understand that they really, if they want to attend, that they do need to book early. It's still hard to wrap your head around booking something for 2020, though. That's still three years out, isn't it? I think that's hard for a lot of people. It'd be hard for me. It's like, okay, well, I don't even know what's going to be going on in 2020. Well, then, you know, as I say, Canadians in general uh, do book a bit later, and so it does go against our natural instincts. But we're even seeing in all travel that, uh, you know, because people have been disappointed and not able to get the things that they want, that people are uh, learning to book a bit further in advance again. 
So now there are a number of different tours that Trafalgar Canada offers. It's not just about the Passion Play. That's probably just one day or a couple days throughout uh, the different tours. So tell me about just an overview of of what a, a typical tour would be. So we have nine different itineraries um, that are actually include um, the experience with Oberammergau. And, you know, there we have uh, different things that you can uh, see along with, uh, with Oberammergau. We have a dedicated itinerary that does the Sound of Music. We have Switzerland and Austria. We have our Imperial Europe, which would probably be our best-selling. Um, itinerary. We have one that um, has great Italian cities, the best of Germany, and then we have one that's a little bit longer, that uh, the European world, which sees seven countries. And then we also have some of our value-based uh, cost-saver itineraries uh, that uh, we have three of those that also uh, include the Oberammergau experience. So now what's included? There are some meals, obviously your transportation and your accommodation, right? Absolutely. So uh, when, you know, if I take the the Imperial Europe uh, itinerary, Mm -hmm. um, it includes 11 nights of accommodation and 17 meals. So that's 11 breakfasts and six dinners. And that also includes one of our Be My Guest experiences, which is a very, very special um, evening and event that we hold on uh, some of our Trafalgar um, itineraries. And that, this particular uh, Be My Guest um, experience allows the, the guests to join the Schiesel family. And it's in, uh, it takes place in Budapest. And you visit their winery, which doubled as a hiding place during World War II for a Jewish friend who was fleeing uh, Nazi persecution. So really interesting, really special. Mm-hmm. And um, they have the opportunity as well then uh, for their, their open meals to experience some of the local fare wherever they're visiting. So t- tell me, let's get back to Omaramagal, the, the place mm-hmm. itself. What's it like? Well, that's, that is very interesting. I mean, it is a very small, small place. So we've arranged for people to stay as clo- in or as close to Oberammergau because it is actually a very small, um, it's a village. So, you know, it's, uh, it uh, is a small area. It still holds on, on to the roots. So you do feel like you're um, visiting something that almost seems staged, but it is actually the way, uh, you know, they've kept it um, as true to its roots as possible. And, um, you know, it's Depending on the time of year, I mean, it does span from May through to October, so you have different, uh, different types of uh, weather that you're going to come across. Mm-hmm. But uh, typical to, to, to that area that, you know, warm in the summer, and so the beautiful times are May and September are probably perfect for as far as weather. Uh, and so what do I need to know or need to do if I'm, obviously, you want to get a deposit in so you have your, uh, have your spot booked, right? So how does it work with deposits and, and that type of thing? Because it is three years out. Absolutely. So we do um, we do um, work with uh, travel agents. So if you're working with a travel agent, if you uh, go in uh, and see them, they can uh, they can help get you booked up. Um, and we're offering right now um, if if our guests book um, their space. Uh, before January the 11th of 2018, that they get a 10% discount. So it really is not only a great uh, time to book to get your spot reserved, but you'll also be able to get uh, a a nice deal as well if you book well in advance. 
Um, and if you contact your travel agent, then we take a $200 deposit. We also have what we call a flex deposit. So if you did change your mind, and it, you know, it is a long way in advance, that we would apply that towards another trip in the future. So how many days am I actually in Oberammergau? Is it just one day and then you move on to, let's use the Imperial Europe uh, tour as an example? So you are, yeah, absolutely. So you are, you're in two nights in Oberammergau. And um, the Passion Play takes place over one day. So you're there in the afternoon and then into the evening. And and now, again, using this one, only because you say this is the one that usually sells out the quickest, the Imperial Europe uh, with Oberammergau. It's 12 12 days, nine cities. What else is included? So it's, uh, you, you're, you're visiting five countries, so you have your, your, your luxury coach, which will um, be your transportation. Um, it departs from Munich, so uh, you arrive into Munich, and then you travel through to the Czech Republic, where you spend two nights in Prague. And uh, for those who um, have uh, not been to Prague, it is absolutely stunning. Um, it really is such an incredible place to, uh, to see because it has been so preserved. And so you can see some beautiful architecture. Uh, then uh, there's also goes on from Prague into Bratislava and then to Budapest. Um, you also visit Vienna as well. And then into Salzburg, where then you go on to Oberammergau. Uh, for the two nights, and then you return to Munich and depart again out of Munich. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds fantastic. I think when you say Prague and Vienna and Budapest and Salzburg, you hit really the big highlights of uh, some of the major tourist areas in Europe, haven't you? Well, and they, you know, if you, if you, uh, if your vision of, of Europe is, you know, when you think of cathedrals and cobbled streets and castles, you really are getting a great sort of overview and seeing some of the most beautiful places uh, that uh, that are in Europe. And you know, the the Danube's there, and you know, when you go into to Budapest. Um, and see the beauty of, of uh, how it's been preserved, and it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's the Oberammergau Passion Play. It takes place in 2020, but you don't want to wait till 2020 to book <laughs> because you'll be disappointed. <laughs> you can find out all the tours on the uh, Trafalgar Canada website, trafalgar.com, and Anita Emilio is the VP of Sales for Trafalgar Canada. Thanks, Anita. Thanks so much. And that's this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute and rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.